Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Episode 54 over there on the live stream of YouTube. Me and Dan talked about my season in 2022 and how I was able to find a little more success this year out of state and give you some pointers when it comes to that. We also got talking about fishing and all kinds of other fun stuff. Um, thanks everybody for the support on the show. Don't forget if you haven't yet, write us a review on any of the platforms you're listening to the show on. That really helps. If you're over there on YouTube, go over there and hit the subscribe button and give us some likes if if you're liking what we're doing. Before we get into the episode, I got to tell you about something that Exodus still has going on for a little bit longer here, um, and that is their new Exodus Rival trail camera. Um, it's going to start shipping uh, around February 6th. The MSRP on that thing is going to be $179. And you can save $30 at checkout with the code LAUNCH. And the code is live only while supplies last or until February 14th at midnight. The Rival is a budget-friendly cellular trail camera that is reliable, hardworking, easy to use, but still feature-rich. Over the last year, the Exodus teams were working hard behind the scene, building their next generation of cameras, taking consumer feedback, and delivering, in their opinion, the best budget cell camera on the market. Coming in at a price of $179, the camera is also backed by the Exodus 5-year no BS warranty. It's built with the same durability you're used to when it comes to Exodus, but with lightning fast cellular capabilities, easy to use and set up, and great photos. So, use the code LAUNCH to save $30 off each camera while supplies last or until February 14th gets here at midnight. Help support the podcast and Exodus by using the code LAUNCH at their website, exodusoutdoorgear.com. Hey, everybody. Hey. Welcome back to the show. I uh, hope everybody's doing good tonight. Um... Zeke, he got on early this uh, this evening. He, he may have thought it was coming on at uh, an hour earlier than it was, but um, how's Dan doing today? I'm alive. That's good. You've been out scouting a little bit. It seems like you found some sheds. Yeah, I'm trying to get in as much as I can. I got a lot of stuff I got to look at. Hmm. And I do have some people uh, that want me to look at their farms. So, um, yeah, I know I won't get to everybody, but. I'd like to do some of that. So uh, I'm just trying to manage my time a little better and get out as much as possible. I mean, we got the uh, workshops this weekend. Two weekends ago, I had workshops. And uh, next month, we got two weekends that are booked up with uh, shows and seminars. Yep. So well, you only got so many weekends, so much time. So ain't no different than anybody else. I got to utilize the time I have. Yeah, I know it. I was thinking about how fast the spring's going to go. And kind of like everything I, you know, I want to do this spring or get to, and then it's like, uh, like a month of weekends are going to be gone, you know? Yeah. Um, and then we're going on vacation in end of February. So in a couple months, yeah, a couple I, weeks, I well, found myself, time, uh, like, uh, when I'm out scouting, wanted to go check out something that, uh, like and see what's going on in some area or something. And I got to tell myself sometimes that, you know what, I'm not going to go over there and hunt and I'm not, you know, what I get from over there really doesn't matter. I'm just curious. I yep. need to concentrate on what's going to. Oh, Dan, I had this, I was talking to Gary today. I had this exact same conversation with him. I went <laughs> scouting. I went scouting today in a, in Charlie swamp 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like, I just went there because I'm like, Oh, I was curious more. I'm like, I'm probably not going to come here. You know, I don't, I, uh, I might, but I usually don't, you know, if it's, unless I'm, you know, here of something big in there or something. Um, I mean, the, the only thing, uh, I don't want to say too much cause it'll give away exactly where I'm at, <laughs> but, uh, I may have a chance to hunt in there. I'll put it that way. Uh, so there could be some benefit to go in there, but I just, I was driving out there today and I thought, why am I going out here? Why don't I go somewhere where I know of a big buck that I want to chase after and kind of educate myself on that instead of, you know, fumble around through the briars, <laughs> but, oh, well, it's, uh, I actually found because something. Easy. I don't think I'm the only one. That's kind of why I mentioned that. I bet you other people do the same thing. I mean, yeah, you have a woodlot they haven't looked at or something and they're like, oh, I'm going to go over there and look. Or they get yeah. in, the biggest thing I think people do is they get in the mindset of wanting to find sheds. Then they go out scouring fields and stuff. And you only got so much time. Yeah. And personally, I would rather um, have a real good lead on killing a buck than having an antler sitting on a shelf. Yeah. Um, it's funny you say that because in this particular area, there's some off limit areas where you can't hunt. And obviously there's big deer living in there. Like um, you're not allowed to hunt in there at all, but you can walk through there. And uh, when I drove by that area tonight or this evening afternoon, there was like five or six trucks parked around there. Everybody, I, I'm like, they're probably shed hunting. Yeah. And that place actually kind of promotes shed hunting. Like it, it'll put a social media post about oh, the deer are shedding their antlers. Come look for them. You know, um, there's constantly people in and out of that uh, no hunting zone. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of my success a lot of it has come from spring scouting. Yeah. So, you know, the next fall you kill that deer after you learn them in this, in the spring, these mm-hmm. guys are wasting their springs. Yeah. I'd like to get a, uh, I'd like to get a dog that finds sheds that can just follow me around while I'm scouting. And he look for sheds while I'm actually scouting. And when you, you kill two, two birds with one stone, I think that'd be fun. I don't, I don't really know how that those shed dogs work per se. I've never actually had one. That, yeah, you know, I've, I've been know. out with this dead dog, and they're, they're going to be pretty, uh, if they're trained properly, they can be pretty cool. I got a, I got a video somewhere on the beast of uh, one, uh, um, the guy was training it, I was with him, and we saw an antler out in the field, a big antler, yeah. you know, right. very quickly print, managed property, every 20 feet you saw a shed antler, so, yeah. you know, but anywho, we saw this big shed, you know, laying out in this grass field where the grass is laying out you see the points sticking out mm-hmm. he takes the dog downwind by about 50 yards and uh his little coat is find the bone you know and, he, yeah. and he's walking and that dog starts sniffing the air turns and runs to that shed and picks it up and runs to him with the shed and i couldn't believe it the shed was off of a deer that he killed that year it was a shed from the year before Oh, so been laying out there for a year, and that dog could smell, could smell it, it fifty yards downwind. Gosh. Unbelievable! He went to another spot and he started digging in the dirt and dug up a skull that was under the dirt for who knows how long on a riverbank where flooding had moved dirt around. Yeah, yeah, they're insane how they can smell. Oh my gosh, I was. Dude, uh... you were at, that dog was actually smelling antlers from 40, 50 yards. You know, stopping, smelling the the wind, and yeah. running. Gosh, that'd be that'd be awesome for in the marshes and swamps for you guys. Because who who knows how many antlers get buried in that stuff? You know, yeah. mm-hmm. where you couldn't physically. I mean, oh, you don't know those cattails. You can walk over the top and you can't see them. Yeah. That's why a lot of you know 
you look at all those really big ones of getting on film and stuff, and nobody ever finds a shed antlers. They're laying yeah. up there, cattails buried under the muck somewhere. Right. Yeah, they probably work their way down into the muck, and then they're gone forever. Every now and then, we'll find a big one out there. You'll be walking on one of them old trails, and uh, you'll feel something under your foot and want to roll out of the mud. And they'll be black from being under that mud for years and years yeah. and years, and wonder how long it was laying there, you know? Yeah. I've heard, uh, I can't remember who, who, who was talking about it. They said they drained a pond. And there was a bunch of shed antlers in the pond mm-hmm. on a farm, like on a, you know, on a, somebody's farm or something, they drained it. I don't know if the deer had been, you know, if they get drinks out of the, the pond or something and they drop their antlers in there over the years and they get preserved, you know, essentially into that water. I've um, seen a lot of deer go into swamps and into um, shallow ponds and eat the, um, the yeah. water plant. Yeah, that could have been what they're doing too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the deer still have their antlers. Yeah, I think a lot of them are still holding right now here. It's it can be it can be into March before they start drop or you know they're all dropped here. <clears throat> but well, me and me and Eric uh, were out scouting. We went to that spot where uh, I shot that buck in the spine. Yeah, in the, in the yeah yeah yeah. I wanted to really look at you know where that buck came from, find his bedding area, follow it back. Maybe see mm-hmm. if there's a better tree to be in, see if there's some other setups and fine tune that area. So I had it covered and we covered that whole area and found the best setups. And we, then we went to leave and we went out the back way and we got to uh, 40 yards from the um, parking lot right alongside the road, you know, 40 yards from the road, 40 yards from the parking lot, probably even to each in open grass. Yeah. And there's a matched set of sheds laying right there. In plain sight of the parking lot, plain sight of the road. If you would have just looked at it over there driving by, you'd see them. Or Jeez. if you got out of the parking of the truck and looked that way, you know that the the hiking trail go back onto the public goes a different way. Yeah. So, so nobody ever really walks that way because you're just walking along the road, you know, in grass. Yeah. Right. But uh, they're laid. I, I have to wonder if the buck actually laid there and dropped them or something. It's odd that they dropped in the same spot, unless he yeah. like shook them off. Like when they got, you know, one gets wobbly and they shake yeah. their head. Yeah, I've seen two of that where people yeah. caught it on trail cam and they shake oh, both of them yeah. off. It almost is like it freaks them out whenever it falls off and they like just shake the other one off real quick. Well, yeah, you um, think about how off balance you feel. Yeah, it'd probably feel real awkward to them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that their shed antler hits them in the back or something, and it you know it spooks them, and then they you know jump jump or something, and the other it's one like falls when your off. Tooth falls out, and you shake your head and it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It looked like a cool, sh- kind of cool uh, set too. Like a it looked like a young deer, but it had some good mass or something. Yeah, it looked like it might only be a two year old. I was kind of looking at it. And I I'm not sure. It might be a, a nice two year old or a very small three year old. One or the other. Yeah. I'm leaning towards an. It's a nice two year old. I do got some uh, trail cam pics of that buck too. Oh, cool. And I think that that is a, a, a two-year-old based on those pictures as well. But yeah. it's got good brows. Usually the two-year-olds, that's the mm-hmm. big factor is they don't get much for brows. And that thing has some pretty big brows. Hmm. That might but be to blow up. Shorter, but a lot of mass. I bet you he's going to blow up this year. That's what, yeah. It looked like a little, just a little compact, massive little thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just found, I found one nice shed. That's the only thing I found that's fresh this year. I found two other old ones, but. Mm-hmm. Um, those the ones I found were uh, you know it snowed like a week ago mm-hmm. they were under the snow 
Mm. So there's not much snow laying there. Yeah. But they're under snow. So they're there at least a week laying in that spot. Probably much longer than that. The um the pedicles were dry. So it probably shed like a couple weeks ago there. Yeah, that, that fresh one I found the pedicles were they still have blood in them. Mm. So um and the little oil that's on their you know uh, on the top there too was still there so it was it was super fresh like it may have dropped the day before or something um my son's got a better way of uh shed antler hunting oh yeah what's he just, that yeah he's living with me again now uh james is yeah um, he just comes home 90 miles an hour and bounces off of him and tries to knock the sheds off <laughs> oh no I'm like, dude you need to slow down on our road <laughs> got a new thing in, in his vehicle it, this isn't the city is there's deer like a video game oh man so he hit Uh, one in front of our house the other day it looked like i found a i found a deadhead today out scouting and uh it was just like the the bases came out and they were both broken off and it's Mm -hmm. right next to the highway i have a feeling that deer probably got hit on the road and just kind of probably ran yeah because it there's no way that a the way they were broken, it's nothing, you know, I don't think a deer would have broken it off like that. It's been a couple times in my life when I've hit deer so hard, you can't believe they get up and run away, but you got to know they died someplace. Yeah. I mean, the one I hit, I hit in Indiana during the public land challenge. Yeah. Man, that thing took an impact and it rolled Mm -hmm. up the road. I could not believe it. When I got out, it was just laying there like flinching. Yeah. I walked up and Wilson just came back to life like the Terminator and crawled up the hill where it came from and took off. I was like, wow. Yeah, this one didn't make it very far. It was just like 50 yards off the highway. Um, and like I said, it was ball busted up. The antlers were busted off of it. I didn't look for the antlers. They were probably up on the up by the highway. But um, found some good stuff, though. I'm kind of excited about that spot. Give me cool. a good spot to go to if I, you know, am struggling or something. I'll go in there. Give it a shot. Just go in there first 130, and then I'll go after that giant. You're <laughs> All right. Well, it, may have, it, could ha- it could happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going uh, next week. I'm going to a local boyer that uh, a guy that makes longbows. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to give me like a crash course on how to make a laminate bow, like a, not a self bow. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think uh, I said next week, I meant, this week, Wednesday, we're going to do that. Um, as long as he's available still, he said he's going to call me tomorrow, but I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. He's just going to kind of teach me how to build a proper bow or not, not a proper bow, a laminate bow. Like you'd see, you know, like bear archery makes them and stuff. Um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty technical, sure. but if you want to come over here, I'll show you how to throw rocks at them. Okay. Yep. Maybe we'll, we'll video that. I was gonna, I was gonna video it a little bit just to give him a little love on YouTube because you know, he's doing me a favor. That'd be cool. Uh, I think people would like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his uh, company's Timberhawk Bows. They they're just here local, uh, just down the road from me in the next county over in Lawrence County. Um, super good guy. I think they, I think he's been building bows since the early '90s, so he's been doing it a long time. Um. Anyway, you uh, do you still have your that? Tied Weebo that they sent you that one time. That yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Recurve. Yep. Mm-hmm. You ought to, uh, we ought to set, I have a recurve that's set up for bow fishing. We ought to do that sometime yeah. in the summertime if we ever have. You know, I got some really good bow fishing up here and it's fun. 
it's the kind of stuff you like to watch. I mean, I hate watching people sitting on a boat floating around drinking beer. Yeah. Flaming arrows, right. You know, with the, the token uh, girl dressed in a bikini. So that they get yeah. to the water. Right. You know, right. <laughs> but uh, what I do like is uh, jumping into these swamps and stuff. Yeah. One in after them. It's really cool. They run into you and stuff and you're, you're out to chase yeah. them around. It's, it's pretty cool. You got to, you got to watch making a wake. Um, Are they a uh, carp? Cool. Is that what you're shooting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's a video. Don't you guys have a video you and Mario doing that? Yeah. I got, uh, I got a ton of footage. I never even published of that stuff and some really cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be, it'd be at least something to, something to do in the summertime. We get it. We get, I've never done it here at all. And my dad used to, when he was younger, um, when the river gets out and our, I live on, I live on the white river and when the river gets out, it floods the bottoms and some of the farmers will let you go out there in the fields when they're flooded and wait around and shoot the carp that are, um, you know, essentially yeah, locked I got, in. I got put spearing them, shooting them with a slingshot with an arrow and shooting them with mm-hmm. bows, hand catching them and all kinds of yeah. things. One time, uh, we went uh, uh, fishing and we got to this, uh, there's this big dam and we saw all these carp swimming up the dam. Yeah. And, you know, carp are invasive species and they want to get rid of them, you know? Right. So right. I went over there and started catching some and my wife was taking pictures and stuff and I was throwing them up on the shore and stuff. <laughs> and then we leave, you know, and, you know, everybody was laughing, you know, I was hand catching them, diving onto things as they're trying to swim away in the shallow water. And, uh, um, I posted some pictures about it and I got hell. Um, I even got contacted by a, a game warden. It's illegal. Really? I didn't get no fines or anything. They just said, knock it off. You can't do that. You can't, you can't fish that close to a dam. I'm like, I'm not fishing. I was catching carp. And they're like, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's I'm like, really? Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. You gotta be careful with everything nowadays. I mean, especially yeah. when we're, we're on public view, you know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's legal to bowfish carpet, right? I mean, that's not, Oh yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, I know it is around here, but yeah, you can, you can bowfish them. You can spear them. You can hand catch them. You can do whatever you want. Just don't do it when they're by a dam. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, uh, ah, crap. What was, what was I going to say? It, oh, it must be some type of a, is it spear, some spear season up there on the frozen lakes right now? Yeah. They're spearing uh, sturgeons up here right now. Uh, okay. I've seen a bunch of that on Tyler's social media. I, I, I think Tyler's been out. No, um, yeah. no, it wasn't Tyler. Who was out? Tyler was Jake, out there walking. Somebody I know was up there spearing. Maybe Jacob. Yeah, that's probably who it was, Jacob. Yeah. Um, I don't think yeah. he was doing much spearing. I think he was more staring at a hole waiting for one. Yeah. You know, in uh, uh, Michigan, they get spear northerns. Northern pike. Yes, yeah, that's what Lou was saying. You know, they could that's they could difference. really rewrite the whole thing with fishing if they let you shoot uh, game fish with a bow. Yeah, I know there's a lot of people cringing when I say that, but what if they had a limit and they give you tags? Like you got uh, two bass tags, two northern yeah. tags, you know? Yeah, and you could just do that every here and there. I mean, that'd be kind of cool if you could just shoot a, shoot one or two game right. fish. I think it would uh, it would make that a whole viable sport that people would love if they could do that. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I don't know. You'd be pretty pissed off when you shoot some. You know, yeah, forty-inch breeder northern. No, I guess. 
Yeah. Well, I think it still uh, happen when you catch them on hook and line too. Even when you let them go, people just don't like to admit it. I think it's a, a awfully high percentage of fish that you let go get uh, end up dying. I think so too. Uh, certain, especially specific species. You know, I don't know what it was, but uh, I, there was an episode of Meteor where they had like a fish expert on, and they were talking about that. Like a lot of fish don't make it after you've mm-hmm. hooked them and put them all underneath all that stress. The guys that really understand it are really careful about how they hook them, how they release them, and how they yeah. net them. Because yeah. even one can kill one. And you take the slime yeah. off and scrape yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Even like the way you like submerge them in the water when you, you know, let them go. I know like, uh, I know bass, I think like largemouth bass, I think they're pretty resilient. I don't think they'd die. I mean, I think unless you, you know, bury yeah. the hook in them or something. Uh, I don't know. There's, I think that uh, there's obviously people as passionate about fishing as we are about hunting though. So they probably wouldn't be real happy about us r- stupid deer hunters going in there with our bow and arrows and shooting their fish. <laughs> I'm fishing in the river out here. I see giant northerns all the time just swim by me. It's like, oh. Can you, you can catch them, right? I mean, or is there a certain time? Fish? You can... Yeah, you can hook and, hook and line yeah. fish them. Usually up uh, the river here, they close it for, uh, until opening day of uh, lake fishing because they breed up there. Yeah. Um, and that's why there's so many big ones in there. But every now and then when you have a cold spring, which we are not having this year, they're still up yeah. there um, on opening days. Sometimes for the like, first few days of the season, you can get some big northerns in there. But after that, yeah. and the water's got to be high too because it's just a little creek. Yeah. That's something in Indiana we don't. I mean, we're not really known for fishing unless you're like a crappie fisherman or bluegill fisherman. Um, we just don't have all the cool things like you guys have up there. No. We don't have pike or, I mean, we do, but not like you guys do. Um, yeah, you get out in the country and cast spinners in just about any river you get in Northern. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't. I mean, we have some pike in some of our lakes, but it's not, you know, you're not, you're not catching them often. Um but me and my grandpa used to do a lot of crappie fishing. That was always fun. I think if I had got back into fishing, I'd just crappie fish all the time. Um, you know, um, when, when I grew up, there there was this um, little ditch of a creek that uh, called the Fox River. Mm-hmm. It started out in Lannan, kind of Lannan Menominee Falls, and uh, flowed down uh, um, into Waukesha. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, in Waukesha, it's real big and deep, and uh, there's a lot of northerns in there. So when it would get uh, warm out and that water gets stagnant down there, mm-hmm. they would come upstream and they would sit in that shallow creek in this small shallow water. And as a kid, I used to ride my bicycle. It was like 10 miles or maybe even more than that. It might have been like 15, 20. It took you half the day to get there on my uh, bicycle. And I go up there with a, a fishing rod and, and uh, catch some northerns. Yeah. And, uh, I did that all the way up until uh, until I was a young adult. Then I just quit quit going there. And now it's all no trespassing and all that stuff, you know. Right. You know, change. But um, when I uh, first met Carol and started doing things with her, I took her up there fishing one time. And uh, we were catching northerns and letting them go. And um, I was using uh, shiners. And I ran out of shiners. And I had some night crawlers when I had a night crawler on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I caught this really big sucker on a night crawler. Yeah. Um, and the sucker was like 14 inches long. And I thought, well, my dad always told me, you know, 
a northern can eat something twice its size. So, you know, I know there's northerns in there 30 inches long. Yeah. You know, so I, I hooked a sucker on, put a giant bobber on, and a steel leader. And uh, I threw that thing out. There's these, uh, this dogwood that grew into the water, had a shelf underneath it. And there's like a hole there. And that's where the northern sat. But we had pretty yeah. much we had caught all the northerns out because you catch them like in the first half an hour you're fishing. Right. But what the hell? You know, I caught this sucker. Yeah. I put it on the put it out there. They kept pulling this bobber completely under the water and come back up, come back up. So then this, uh, <laughs> this, these cars would come by and see a fish in there and they would stop and, you know, what are you catching? What's in here? What's in, you know, they get all yeah. nosy, you know, trying to zone in on you and you, you try to be quiet and not tell them what you're, you're catching because if they find out it's full of northerns and we get crowded and, they catch right. everything out on you. I mean, it ain't much water there. So this guy pulls up and, uh, um, you know, like probably 40s or something. And I'm like 17 or 18, right? And he yeah. comes walking over. He goes, what are you catching? It's nothing. Is there anything in here? Not much. Well, what are you fishing? <laughs> I don't know. There's carp and stuff in here. What do you catch? Nothing. Hey, well, you got one on. I go, nah, there's nothing on here. No, your bobber went under <laughs> My he goes, your bait did not pull that under. That bobber is huge. You you got something on there. This is my bait. And at the same time, the sucker is swimming into that dogwood and it's going to get tangled. Yeah. So I, so I got to pull it out. So I start reeling it in and I, I pull it and the guy wouldn't leave. He just stand there staring at us. So I pull up the big sucker and I throw it back in there. And this creek is literally 15 feet across, maybe. Maybe less yeah. than that. You know, and there's just a deep hole there. And otherwise it's just a little ditch you know yeah so this guy just starts laughing his ass off at me you know he's laughing he's making fun of me you think there's a thing you know and i'm all embarrassed because i'm with my girlfriend you know right I throw him back out there and i just stare at the bobber and I won't, i'm just making believe like he ain't there just ignoring him so he leaves <laughs> and he just won't shut up and finally he gets in his car and he's leaving and i'm i'm watching him go and i'm watching his taillights go and i turn around and my bobber's gone I look and all of a sudden all these bubbles start coming up and I see the bobber zooming around in that hole way underwater. Yeah. I'm like, holy crap. And even though it would have killed my spot, I'd love that guy to see that. Yeah. I reeled that thing till, till it hit the bobber and set the hook. And that's the biggest northern I ever caught. I had that thing on for like 15 minutes. It went down that creek, that ditch, to the point where it was going to get, where the creek turned and there was like a deadfall tree in the water. And it was going to break my line. And I had like... uh that's another thing the guy was laughing about. I had this like salmon rod with like 30 pound test on it, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it was pulling drag and I couldn't stop. It. And eventually it was going to get under that tree. I grabbed the spool and manually stopped it. Figured, well, if it breaks the line, it's going to break it anyways, if it gets in the trees. Yeah. And I was able to just turn it around and drag it back. And uh, we ended up catching that thing. And I forget what it was, but it was um, high forties inch wise. And I yeah. mean, it was, big around like a log <laughs> it was yeah a, it was a pretty cool catch it was the biggest northern i ever caught and that uh that ditch was like 15 feet across had a little good honey hole there um yeah i don't have any cool fishing stories like that it's always just like caught me a 13 inch crappie today you know <laughs> i'd still be uh, fishing if they had antlers <laughs> yeah right 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 yeah i uh the trouble I is when little... fish. I mean, right now, you know, it's probably good fishing right now. And I'm, you know, now I'm going to go out and I got this and I got that. And you got to, you know, yep. it's just uh, my my life revolves around deer. Yep. 
Uh, same with me. If if Huck likes fishing, um, I'll probably take him a little. You know, as much. And that's as what I do with my go. kids. I took them out. Yeah, I think it's good experience. Uh, yeah, it's a good way to get kids outside. They they like that feedback from catching a fish. You know, seems like no matter who you are, like people like catching fish. You know, they need to be in touch uh, with reality and and uh, with with life and death and where their food comes from. So they need to yeah. fish. They need to hunt. You need to teach them all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I took my kids squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting, pheasant hunting, even though I didn't have much interest in mm-hmm. cleaning and eating squirrels and rabbits. I did that my whole childhood and didn't really care for it. But I did it with my kids because I wanted them to learn how to do it and know how to do it. Yeah. Yep. That's another thing is uh, I get pretty tired of cleaning fish pretty quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you, you know, not- even if your kids don't hunt or fish and they don't get into it, that experience mm-hmm. helps them to understand why people do yeah, and helps them to see it as a viable sport. Kids that yeah. grow up in the cities and stuff with none of that, those end up, you know, in a lot of cases being your anti-hunters, your people who uh, just don't understand why you would do something like that to a poor innocent fish or, you know, right. really, that's where that comes from. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely uh Something I'm obviously going to introduce to Huck, but uh, if he likes it, he does, and if he doesn't, that's fine too. But he'll he'll understand it, that's for sure. Or um, you know, he said I'll expose it to, to him so he has a chance to decide for himself. You know. Yeah. Um. Anyway. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want to get into hunting now instead of fishing? <laughs> We've been talking about fishing for thirty minutes. That's probably a good idea. Tyler, Ty, I was one thing. Tyler invited Tyler uh, invited me up to go uh, ice fishing with him, and I I'm probably not going to get to, but uh, I'd like to do that sometime. I'm, well, hell, there's ice all over the place up here. It ain't hard to catch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Um, I went ice fishing one time and I'll be honest with you, didn't really enjoy it that much. It was, we don't, we didn't have anything fancy. We just had an auger and a, a good Tyler's pair a hell of dip. fishermen. I mean, he's, he gets into oh, yeah. walleyes and stuff. I mean, he wouldn't be a bad guy to go with. Yeah. I will one year. Just this year was busy. I just, I couldn't take a weekend to drive up there and do it. I tried um, really hard to get him to get me some um, bow fishing uh, footage. He was shooting them out of kayaks and stuff. Really cool stuff. But yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get him to film any of that, but he gets into some cool shit. Yeah, Stop. he. That's all right. He uh, he gets into everything: turkeys, deer. He's a very good sportsman, outdoorsman. Yeah, it's um, wild. Hmm. Uh, all right. One thing before we start. Weekend. Season. Oh, Tyler. good. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'll be there too. Um, that's gonna be fun. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Eric's gonna come too, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Most of us will be there. I don't think Tim's going to make it, but he was there last weekend, wasn't he? He's not coming. Oh, I, I thought he said he wasn't going to come that, that this weekend. He might not. I don't know. I thought he was. I, don't know. I could be wrong, too. I just seem like that's what he said. Um, yeah, sure. One thing 
Yeah. One thing before we start here on our, our topic, um, I got a public land cleanup that I found online to just announce on, on the 18th of February. If you guys are in Wichita, Kansas, they got a, a BHA has a Pawnee Prairie Packout, what it's called. So at the, um, the city park there in, in uh, Pawnee Prairie, they're going to have a public land cleanup on the 18th. Um, I don't know how many people from Kansas we have on, but especially Wichita, Kansas. But if you're in the area, something and not doing anything Saturday, there's a there's a cleanup going on. All right, um, this this show is kind of going to be uh, us talking about like my season and hunting out of state and kind of how I kind of figured out how to be successful this year hunting out of state. Um, I uh, I think. I was and Dan kind of just like interject anytime you you feel like you want to say something, um, but one thing that I got um, either a lucky with or b just kind of figured out this year was I was thinking about my deer that I killed out of state and I saw every single one of those deer like either the day of or the day before I I shot them. That's huge. Um, yeah, and I was just thinking about how that's kind of crazy, like. To, to think about the uh the nebraska buck i i saw the the night before walking out i was actually i was walking out of the woods to come do one of these shows and i jumped him um doing some scouting kind of by the road before i went to the the vehicle to go uh to mcdonald's to do the show um and then i ended up sitting on him that next evening and killing him and then the wisconsin buck i shot out of state we saw him driving home. He was out in the in front of our headlights uh, the the evening before I, I shot him. And then my Ohio buck, um, I was scouting to a new area, and I got to almost where my pin was, and uh, he was walking through the woods with another buck. You know, they're essentially the other buck was chasing him around. There was a hot doe right there, and then they they went off, and I set up and shot him that evening. Um, you went up and got right on the trail where he was moving. Yep. 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 I could see, I could, I was, if you can imagine, like I'm down at the bottom of a, um, in a, you know, in a hub or in a down, down the ridge. And I looked up and he was, there was, my buck was the buck I shot was walking kind of, uh, a, a, kind of the opposite direction of me. And, uh, and then another buck came and he was chasing him around and they ended up running down to me. And I mean, they were too far, you know, too thick for me to shoot. Um, and then they went, they both followed each other back into the, there's a clear cut up there and they went into a specific spot on the clear cut. And then I just kind of set up there on that spot. Um, cause a lot of times in the clear, clear cuts that are thick, there's only kind of a couple of ways they go in and out of those things. A lot of times, um, you know, at least for convenience sake for them, though, they obviously can go through them anywhere if they need to, but there was some like, um, but unpressured to use the same trails over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. There were some obvious areas where they, they could go in and out without having to fight with a brush with their antlers and stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, and I think the reason that I, I was so successful is I think a lot of people on out of state trips, sometimes they get a little, it turns into more of a camping trip forum or they, mm -hmm. you know, they hang around camp for half the day and, uh, and I was very adamant about like, if I'm here, I'm going to be out in the woods, either scouting or glassing or doing something, you know, uh, 
maybe it's not hunting. You know, I'm, you know, I didn't, didn't set very many mornings other than Ohio. That was just because it was the middle of the, the rut and the deer were going crazy. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you think, uh, you see that when you've been in a lot of deer camps over the years now, do you, do you see that very often? Yeah. You know, um, I'm not guilty of that at all. I want to get away from people. And I want to be alone. Yeah. Um, I do my best alone, mm-hmm. but filming wise, I always like to have somebody around you work with people you yeah. work with groups and stuff. And I think a lot of times those groups and stuff, um, even though that's great for us because, uh, it helps out the show. It gets a lot of good footage. It gets the, um, it gets different tactics and stuff involved and people learn a lot more. Yeah. From a personal standpoint, I think it uh, hurts me a little bit because I'd be in, in, in camp a lot less. I'd be, yeah. um, um, answering texts a lot less, things like that, uh, helping other people. I mean, you've yeah. seen it. I mean, even you've been involved in that where you got to stop and help somebody and there's yeah. like, uh, it was kind of a relief at the um, Battle of the Bows when you got your buck because then you could help. Um, yeah, every, yeah, whoever with the other people and I could actually yeah. hunt. Yeah, I yeah, think sure. uh, you know when you were describing those bucks, I was thinking about that, and I think that I would have probably um, killed uh, each one of those in the same scenario, the same way you did, except for one. The one in the Battle of the Bulls where I was with you when that thing crossed the road. I didn't think there was a chance in hell of catching that buck. <laughs> so I learned a little bit. Yeah. I, I, you know, and the thing is, really, if I would have did what you did, and I would have stopped and studied the maps and looked at that oxbow and stuff, it did kind of come together. And I just blew that off. Yeah. And uh, um, I'm glad you killed that because it made me take a look in the mirror on that same situation. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, my, my knee jerk reaction was the same as yours when we saw that buck in the field, cause he was actually in a private field and like on that private field, there was a big woods back there and it looked like there's probably deer in there. You know, I, we, I kind of just assumed, oh, he came out of that woods and ran across. And in the, the dark, I didn't see like, how far that woods was away. And oh, I was, thought it was a lot closer. Yeah. After it was we like, shot the buck and we went back there and I was, looking up, I was like, holy crap, that buck did not walk all that way is from that woods he did come from that field come across like you thought he did yeah now did you i mean you i remember you in the the, um truck distinctly saying um that i'm gonna kill that buck tomorrow and uh (laughs) maybe i don't remember but 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 i would have to think that uh it was really coming together for you more when you started studying the maps on onyx and your phone and yeah stuff and looking at how it laid out and probably looking at how far away that woods is. And I didn't even give a second thought to look at that stuff because I just yeah. assumed it was laid out in a way that I couldn't hunt it because it was coming out of the private woods into a private field. Right. Literally, it was coming from the other way, and you figured that out, and I didn't. Yeah. And what, what tipped me off, like, whenever I went back the next day, I parked there, and I I just real quick ran down without my bow or my stand or anything. I just ran down to um, kind of where the river bottom and the – you know, there was a, um, there was another like just grass field that you had to walk through to get down to the river bottom. And when I got to the river bottom, uh, right away, I started seeing big buck sign where there was big rubs and stuff. I'm like, okay, yeah, that, you know, he's down here somewhere. Um, and then, uh, you know, I already looked at the map to see that those oxbows kind of coming together. And, uh, when I got down there in the oxbow, there was even more 
you know, more sign that kind of solidified that he was living down there. Um, now, yeah. you thought he might be in the Oxbow, right? But when you set up, he was actually yeah. coming from a little bit different spot. Yeah, he was. So I, uh, he was. So I, I didn't really notice this when I was sitting in the, um, or scouting my way in there. I didn't, I noticed when I got up in the stand, um, there was two oxbows essentially that came, came into one little area right there. And I kind of was assuming like, oh, if he's in this, I was thinking in my head, like I need to set up to where I can shoot both these oxbows. Um, and then there was a, like a little pond that was kind of came off the river. Like, you know, sometimes the river will puddle up, right. There was a pond right there that kind of pinched down. So it was a perfect spot, but there was only one tree and it was half dead. And I mean, it wasn't, I was only, I was only two sticks in the, in the air. That girl's tree for sure. Yeah. Um, but there was some brush and stuff around it that helped, mm-hmm. help conceal me. Um, but then when I got up in the stand, I started looking around and there was like a little Island, um, that I kind of was thinking, oh, they could bet out there too. is an Island just in the middle of the, um, uh, river grass. grass. Mm-hmm. And that's what he came out of there. It was, it's probably a hundred yards from where I was setting. And, but, and uh, still, I think that you're, even if them being in that Island, yeah, I think you had the right setup because mm. if a buck's bedding in there someplace else. He, yeah. uh, in my opinion, at that time frame that we were there, before he goes out to those fields, he's going to check those oxbows. Yeah, he's either going to be in one of those oxbows or he's going to check them for yeah. those. Or he's going to walk past that. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it if you looked around if there's scrapes right there or you know mm-hmm. some sign that he was checking for those um, mm-hmm. for those. You know. Yep, I'd say he was probably going to. Um, he's probably bedding that little because that island didn't have trees. It was just like brushy crap. So I couldn't mm-hmm. go sit out in the island. I mean, it, he would have busted out of there. Um, and I'm saying he just got up and moseyed his way to those oxbows to, to kind of, if, what do you want to say, stage in there or just to check for those or whatever he was doing, you know, before he would take then take our head, or, you know, head back to the west or whatever direction it was, and then go across the road at night and go up into those cornfields, um, those cut cornfields, and feed From with my all the other. Where the average person would have made the big mistake doing what you're doing is they would have looked around too much. Mm. They would have got their scent yeah. all over. They would have walked over here, walked over there, tried to find a sign or whatever, where you mm-hmm. based it mainly on the terrain, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know there's a buck there someplace. He's coming through yep. here. And you looked at it and you said, well, if he's coming through here, and if he's here, he has to be right here. And you put your faith in terrain, not in sign. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you got a trailer or two you're looking at. But there's trails yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So you're, yeah, but, they, but you're looking at the terrain of the land and the funnel that's going to put them through and where you should be betting and thinking about that instead of looking for the sign. The sign you had was you saw a buck come in and out of there. Mm, that was yeah. A and that's the biggest yeah. piece of sign you can have. Yeah. He, uh, there was some rubs there that like kind of hinted to me that, I mean, he walked down the exact trail that that rub was on. And that's the one I kind of was like, okay, a buck's using this or did use it, you know. Um, cause they could kind of walk anywhere in that grass. I mean, they really could if they wanted to. Um, but yeah, that one, that one was probably the, uh, the best, uh, I guess thought out type one. So now the, the big piece of the puzzle on these public land are these, uh, trips, mm-hmm. especially when you're on public land is you got to hunt where there's a buck. You got to yeah, hunt where exactly. there's a to shoot. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times it's a guessing game. And just because you see big buck sign does not necessarily guarantee there's one there in daylight or that that buck that made that sign is still there in that spot. Yep. So 
that seeing the buck is really important. Oh, and I look man. back at my hunts too on trips and on travels. Um, a lot of the big stuff that I've shot, I've seen it before I shot it, just like you. Yeah. Where a lot of it isn't that random setting up on sign and stuff, like a lot of people yeah. think. Yeah. None of the deer I shot this year were. I mean, none of them. Not even my Indiana buck I shot wasn't. I mean, um, I mean, that's my home state, so I can, you know, I'm monitoring those areas better anyway, so I knew he was there. But, um, yeah, and then in Ohio, I actually had an encounter with a with a bigger buck than I shot the first evening I was, or the second evening I was there, I guess, first full day. Um, and I didn't see that one beforehand, but there was just some, you know, real obvious uh really fresh rubs and stuff coming out of a bedding point. Um, man, I wish I had killed that deer. That was a big deer. It was bigger than what I shot, but, um, the Ohio buck though, that was, I mean, if it, you know, at, in the rut there, if you aren't seeing deer, like you just need to get, get down and move around to you, till you right. see them, you know, those, deer, those deer didn't know, they had no care in the world or no idea I was there. They were focused on something else. And, um, I get that a lot from people will tell me that, uh, why are you moving around so much? You need to sit in a tree and hunt. You know, this isn't, you know, you're not hunting. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to find deer. You got to get on them. Yeah. You got you to go yeah. and find deer. And there isn't big bucks everywhere you look. Right. You know, you can go learn an area and learn some really good um, spots. You can learn where mm-hmm. there's some good funnels. You can find some good overlooked spots. And you can go back and kill deer in those spots. But in a lot of cases, the stuff we're going into, we're going into blind. You're right. You don't know if there's a deer there. You you got to hop around. You got to move, and uh, go to them. And uh, I really want to try and kill the biggest buck I can find. So, um, you know, I might shoot one that's 140 or 130 or something. But I think in my mind, I I don't really want to go after those bucks. Um, I can even see one or know about one, and I kind of want to go after something bigger especially if I believe I can do it. Like if I'm seeing sign or something that there's something bigger around and it just, uh, that gets to be, uh, something that holds you back. I mean, you, you know, you can hold out too much and you don't kill nothing, but, uh, it's all a matter of what you, you know, what you want to get out of it, um, for everybody. But, uh, man, I, 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 you know, I come off of a season like I had and I want to do some killing this year. Yeah. Oh, I bet you will this year. Um, yeah, you do most years. Right. If, if I come off of a bad season, I always have a good season the next yeah. year. I, I feel like you've been scouting more than you did last year, too. Yeah. Just like I've always seen a direct result where I, I, I do way better uh, on the years I scout a lot that I, yeah, for myself. When I'm selfish enough to really put some time in for myself, I do a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of out of state hunts, I've, I've, uh, been debating in my head about, uh, Iowa versus Kansas. Uh, mm-hmm. I think me and you both could have the option to go to either one. Are, are you thinking about going to both? Or are you going to pick, pick one and go to, I think I'm going to go to Iowa this year. I think I'm going to yeah. pick Kansas next year. Yeah. And, um, I think if, you know, I fill up in Iowa, great. And then I can hop around some other States and stuff and do some other things. Um, but I don't want to get two big bucks tags and, and uh, really Spread spend all my time in one state or the other state and waste one of the tags. 
because yeah. both of those states are really good big buck destinations. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that uh, the, I want to keep those two different years because they, they both take points. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I, I think I'm, it would, it I think would I'm, be a bad idea for me and you to go into Kansas together too. Right. So uh, yeah. we should just wait a year in Kansas. I think I've, that's kind of what I had in my mind. Um, I'm excited about Iowa. I was, I kind of like to go make a trip out there this spring or summer and do a little scouting around. Yeah. It's a kind of a big deal. Not a big deal, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of important to me. That tag is, it's a yeah. once in a five or six years deal and that's it. Um, I don't know. Have you, have you done much like, uh, spring scouting out of state? Have you, a little bit. I've done some. I've done some in uh, Iowa. Now, just say that. Um, um, Becca, I used to hunt a little more. I used to hunt the uh, southwestern corner a lot around uh, Creston and Red Oak. Um, yeah. Those areas. Um, I didn't do much public down there, but in those days, you could just knock on anybody's door to give you permission. They'd say, "Oh, you're bow hunting." <laughs> knock yeah, yourself. Right. Out. Right. Would, yeah. And uh, uh, I did fairly well down there. I was wondering about that. Um, something else I was going to ask you about out of state hunting. Do you, uh, do you ever bring trail cameras with you and like use them when you're out of state often? Uh, yeah, but usually, uh, you know, when you're done, it's just under for a week or so the Intel doesn't, um, uh, fast enough, but if you got down there, uh, did a scouting trip, put some cameras out and then picked them up when you came back and sat in your hotel room or whatever and monitored what you're looking at and stuff, I think it would help out a lot. I think a cell cam could help too, but I think uh, even that, the intel's too slow. You get the intel and you're hunting someplace else, you see it, and you're like, oh, okay, I can move over there tomorrow. And I think you're pulling yourself away from what you were on. You know, and I think you're going to get pictures of bucks all over the place. But uh, yeah, I think they can help, but you can't let it uh, screw with your mind, you know? Yeah. And I, I do think too, you got a limited time. You certainly don't want to be chasing trail cameras. Yeah. I, if I you have the any... intel before you get there, I think you're probably better off. I think okay. the intel of a, a 10-day hunt or a 7-day hunt or something down there, um, I think uh, that by the time you develop a pattern, it's almost time to go home. I mean, Right, right. And your new chips and cameras. I didn't bring any with me on any of my hunts this year. Um, but... It depends on how much you put into it. I mean, if you're going to go down there in the summer and stuff in glass and stuff like that, then throw it, maybe throw, throw some camera up on a, on, a, on a spot isn't a bad idea. Yeah, I think I'll definitely like do that if I go time. down there. Um, I I did have when we were in Fort McCoy that late season a couple, uh, not you know last year I guess or two years ago now. Um, I did have a cell camera out in a certain spot and got a picture of a big buck. You know, right before dark right after dark, I guess. Um, didn't, I didn't kill the thing obviously, but mm-hmm. that was the one, one time that it at least clued me in on, uh, one. But then again, it's like, I was, I was there putting that camera out. He probably walked by and smelled and probably wasn't going to come, you know, that's a big part of it. I mean, it's almost like you've already hunted that spot. Then yeah. you get the buck on the camera. You know, if you put it out on your 10 day hunt, put it out on day one, day three, that buck walks by and, 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 goes past the camera in daylight you're like okay i'm going over and hunting well at the same time he walked by he smelled that you were there right so is he going to come back tomorrow right you know so that's what i mean about chasing cameras but if you have that camera up for intel 
long before you get there and you're not going over there, I think that that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Even if you use the regular camera, you could get to that that camera to hunt in the evening. Yeah. Check the pictures for the last five, six days or something and then say, well, I'm moving to the spot or I'm hunting there. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what Gary and uh, the Brads do. Uh, when they're here, you know, they, they set out cameras now and till April and then when they get here in October, that's when they start kind of bounce around in the morning there and trying to figure out where they're going to sit at in the evenings, you know, based on those yep. cameras, uh, it's worked out good for them. So, um, anyway, there was something else I was going to say that I can't remember now. Oh, and maybe cameras work a little better. Like if you are in places like Iowa or, um, like private land in Iowa or out in Kansas where maybe the deer aren't quite as pressured, but like if you're in Wisconsin where, you know, or Michigan or someplace like that, where they're, they don't, they're a little more skittish of humans. Um, but at the same time, a deer is a deer. Mm-hmm. So Tim, Tim, here's a fun fact for you, Dan. I, I want to see what you think about this. Tim uh, is coming to hunt Indiana this year and he was doing some research and I didn't know this. I don't ever research anything in Indiana. For some reason, I guess I just don't. Um, Tim Hinky? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wife's mom? <laughs> Come on, Dan. <laughs> yes, I think so. Um, he looked at, looked up the uh, information on Indiana, and mm-hmm. uh, and I think in twenty one, two thousand twenty one, or maybe maybe even it was last year. Um, there was twenty two bucks killed on public land in my county with a bow and arrow. Hmm. It's not very many, is it? No. Mm-mm. And then there was, I think there was like 30, 31 of them killed with a crossbow on public land. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, think I, can, I can say that, uh, um, that was the most impressive thing about me hunting down there by you was I wasn't running to anybody, even in rut. There just yeah. wasn't hunters out there. There's big pieces of public land and hardly mm-hmm. anybody. Yeah. I mean, uh, so it was, it was a pleasant hunt next to what I'm used to here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's, he was saying like, you'll have like three or 400 killed up there in a, in a County, you know, depending mm-hmm. on the County and the, um, anyway, you ran into a out of stater that knew who you were, didn't you? Whenever you were here with Eric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From like, Somewhere out east, I think he was from Virginia or something. Yeah, he wasn't even from uh, Indiana. He was hunting from um, some state way out east or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was hunting like, uh, what did he say, like Zach Farrenball? What did he say? He was hunting on the ground or something? He's just yeah, walking yeah, around. He was doing the Zach Farrenball. <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah. <laughs> He'd walk through the the bedding area. We'd sit. Dan, Dan was yeah, hunting. Yeah, he's going on there and hunting. He's telling me, yeah, I just walked through all that. <laughs> talking with my bowl. I was like, oh. Uh, you'll have that. I didn't see I... one, but you could see where they ran. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> he was probably having fun, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, that's a good that I ran into him because then I knew where not to go kind of thing. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I did get a really good sit in there. I, no buck came out, but man, I had a really good setup I, I found in there. Mm-hmm. I think I showed you that spot. Yeah, you should keep that back in the back of your mind. I I like that spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You talking about back up into the, the kind of the hub where all the points come down. Back that river east. bottom where you go, where you cross that little river bottom back. Yeah. There. 
instead of going left or right, right. Yeah. left and and yeah. just not far in there i mean and then that root, that little bottom spreads out into a, a hub yeah and a bunch yeah, yeah, of points yeah. the hub and this yeah. and the buck sign drops right down that hub and I, it's just a yeah. matter of being I, in that spot in the right day i mean i like yeah. that spot a lot i found a few I, real good spots when i was up there and uh, and yeah. it just i threw a camera in there uh oh did you ago. yep over screen nice. Nice. so i'll let it soak for a while or till whenever you guys come back in but uh we'll see anyway um yeah we got to figure out a challenge for this year too with iowa i don't know what we're gonna do i know i i was thinking about that too kind of either we can do it before iowa opens or we can do it uh just plan it for after rut but we got to do a challenge yeah um where do you think you want to do it at i don't know we'll get some ideas from the peanut gallery yeah right but uh, are you wanting to are you wanting to go to like a big buck state or are you wanting to i don't know i'd like to kill, <laughs> i'd like to kill something <laughs> we've been yeah. you know really really to a fault um i always believe i can just go anywhere and just kill one you yeah. know and, and i try to pick hard places and that hasn't been working out so well i mean um, i still i still think it's pretty pretty reasonable that we kill one in a hard place i mean um you've been yeah, doing sure. it it's just a matter of uh you're not going to have as much success you know yeah. but i still want to do those but i want to yeah. kill some more this year i mean um i don't know i you know if it's if it going to be later in the year i wouldn't mind going south everybody's always people- asking us south, like florida yeah. or something or mm-hmm. you know or louisiana or mississippi or something someplace yeah. where you know we got a I like how I like how you you just had a whole spiel about how you want to go somewhere where you kill a, kill a nice one. We need to go there, and then you go. Let's go to Florida. Uh, <laughs> that, that, it's in me. It's in me. It's in I know. Me. I know. But uh, yeah, um, I know. Oklahoma. Would right, be you know where you know where it'd be nice if um, if I wasn't so worried about that Iowa tag is that uh, would it be nice if you go out east? You know, like um, Massachusetts or something. Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. I've never been out that way. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. We gotta go out where those guys uh, were like Maine. Josh, would be cool. I mean, but yeah. Maine's another hard place. You can kill big bucks, but they're it would be hard. Yeah, New York. Up yeah, New, New York would be fun. New York's a tough state. That'd um, probably make Michigan look easy. Yeah. Um, go. We go out to. Uh, we could do it with the untamed guys and go to like the Vir- Virginia or West Virginia. Those guys are always oh, on I pretty nice know. deer. I don't know. We were supposed. To, I was supposed to do a hunt with them, and uh, I don't know. We've been talking about it for three years, and it never happened. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I reached out to them again this year, and I was like, "Hey, we're going to go uh, lion hunting, and we're going to ever do that." And uh, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, I'm just figuring it out right now. I'll, I'll get back to you." And now they're out lion hunting. <laughs> here I sit. <laughs> I'll clip that. I'll clip that, and I'll. Are you guys ta- listening? I'll tag. I'll tag a minute. I'll tag a minute. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. Where are they at? Line hunting. Uh, you know? they, I don't know exactly where they go. I think they go to. I don't. Know, I'm probably guessing, but Arizona, Utah, that area. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think that's. I was binge, be binge watching their bear hunts uh, the other day. Man, they got some really cool bear hunts. Yeah. Um, with the hounds. Yeah. It, it would actually be fun. I mean, um, 
they will chase those bears down, chase them around, jump in front of them. The bears will jump over the top of them. Man, it's no wonder they get so many views. Holy cow. Yeah. That, they're entertaining. Pretty good. It's pretty good. It's entertaining. Yeah. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Anybody hasn't watched the Untamed, you should uh, check them out. Yeah. They kill big deer, too. Josh killed a giant this year out there. Help out. I haven't watched any of their deer footage. You know how I am I, with them. Uh, yeah. I, I, well, I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch it either, but I saw the thumbnail and stuff of it. It was a, mm. kind of a big, non typical looking thing. Um, he killed a big one in Kentucky, too. I saw a great mm. big one on Christmas. Yeah. They, Christmas they, uh, they killed one when we, when we did the, um, the challenge. That Josh is a killer. Yeah, yeah, those guys are killers. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to answer some questions? We've been on here for an hour now. Sure. Um, if you guys have any questions, you can leave them in the comment section here. Uh, we'll try to get to them. So Elizabeth uh, left you a donation, said she had to go yeah. to bed because she was falling asleep. Oh, geez, we were boring her with fishing stories. Yeah, so then uh, <laughs> we didn't even get to thank her yet. <laughs> I'll get to them. I'm going to scroll down through here. I got a few no- donations, but uh, um, they asked someone asked, uh, what's the best spot to find sheds? That's probably a question in, for you. In the woods. I always tell people that. Like, I found them everywhere. I don't, um, bedding areas, you know, food sources. It's, uh, I've always had a hard time, like, putting my finger on, like, this is where they're at all the time. You know, it's always just like I find them. Found one driving down the road the other day in the ditch. (laughs) Places that I find them the most is probably feeding areas and bedding areas. I think the travel trips in between, not so much. But right in the bedding areas and right in the feeding areas, especially the feeding areas. You you find a spot Mm -hmm. where all the deer are feeding. Be laying everywhere out there. And a lot of times you'll find several antlers in one little field or something. Yep. Yep. You got to, you got to think about where the deer are and that's where they're going to be at this time of year. So if you're not, you know, you're not in the deer not seeing deer tracks you're not you know all that stuff then um probably not going to find any, any saying, you're probably a better person to ask you do more shed hunting i go yeah you know walk past sheds and mm-hmm. go look for where they live right right um yeah i mean if shed, shed hunting is, is fun but uh, you gotta you gotta be careful you can waste a lot of time doing it if you're not you know um my shed hunting is usually very um, i'm looking for like specific deer or i'm uh you know, stumble upon them in the, in the, um, you just sh- shouting around. I'm, I, I have like some weird sixth sense about shed deer antlers too. Like I, what the hell you do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why every place but, where we're out. I mean, go ahead and say it. Every place we go, we could be in the middle of nowhere and his head <laughs> will just spin around like on a swivel and go, there's a shed over there and he'll walk 852 yards and find a shed that you can't even see until you feet <laughs> from it. I found one. Uh, I found Crazy. one walking out. I found one. Uh, I think I found one on almost every trip I went on. I found one uh, in late season in Fort McCoy walking out in the dark. I just like, I don't know what. So, something made me like shine my light to my right. And I looked over and there was, I shined it right on the shed. Just yeah, we're sleeping. We're down. sleeping. And all of a sudden he jumps out of his cot, <laughs> head starts spinning, <laughs> and runs out the door, comes in in his underwear with a shed on <laughs> I'm like them shed dogs you were t- talking about earlier. Yeah, he's a shed dog. We should get you a shirt that says shed dog. Yeah. I was driving down the road the other day uh, on the, on the, uh, and I was talking, I was actually talking to Tim and I said, Oh, I got to go. I think I just saw a shed on the side of the highway. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, what? And I'm like, I, I swear I did. 
I turned around and there was one laying there. It, it was a big, as big as, I mean, just laying up there, tines up. It just dropped it because it was the, there's blood on the pedicle and stuff. And it was, it was about, uh, about four or five years ago. I saw a pretty nice one on the side of the, the side of the uh, road. Uh huh. And I just took note where it was and I went home and uh, I posted there's a nice shed laying on the side of the road at this intersection. It said where it was. Uh huh. And uh, uh, a bunch of people were like, I'm going to go get it. I'm going to, and, and nobody did. Next day I go by, it's there again. Really? <laughs> I posted, still there. And yeah. I think it took like four or five days before somebody actually went to that intersection and picked it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was uh, this was laying like in the gravel in the on the side of the road or whatever. We actually, mm-hmm. my dad, we got permission to coyote hunt and stuff on the on the you know the place it was would the buck would have ran to mm-hmm. um, or been going to, but we got to talk to him about deer hunting. Um. Anyway. Are you going to be What's out the big... there in November coyote hunting out of your tree stand? Yeah. <laughs> 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 to, yeah. My dad get a kick out of that. I'd tell him, I'll have to tell him that. What's the biggest shed you found, Dan? Have you found any like real mm-hmm. giant ones? Yeah, I've got a, f- a, a few decent ones. Um, I don't think I got any that are just absolute monsters, but I got a few that are like, uh, uh, I don't want to put a score on them, but uh, one uh, four point that's just gigantic. Yeah, and, uh, I got uh, one side off of my uh, fifteen pointer that was uh, that would score pretty high. Um, and a lot of uh, you know, you know, a lot of them that are, you know, if they're on a buck, they'd be one fifty or one sixty. Right. I don't think I have that would go Boone and Crockett or anything, even though I've seen deer a lot like that a lot. But there's a lot more people looking for those sheds, and I'm not. And whenever there's right. something really big around here, there's a lot of people scouring the area where it lives for those sheds. Yeah. It's funny because I don't see run into a lot of people hunting them. It's like mm-hmm. they got no faith they could kill the thing, but they <laughs> they like to pick up the antlers. Yeah. Well, I mean, fun. I mean, there was a guy that uh um a certain piece of public around here, he's like uh me and him for the longest time, Dan. We're the only two guys that would shed hunt this particular area. And we, we got to kind of develop a friendship over it. And I hunted it. Um, and he had no interest at all in hunting it. I mean, he just like, I got my private farm. That's where I hunt. He's like, I, he goes, I sh-, he's, he's not going to give me the sheds. But he's like, I'll show you the ones I find so you can hunt them, you know. I'm like, all right. He found one a few years back on this piece of public around here. Uh, I shouldn't even. It scored 87 inches. Well, that's nice. Oh, I mean, it was a, a giant um yeah I, um that one real big non-typical i'm sure you've seen the videos of me shining that were really monster non-typical yeah oh yeah some, some local kid uh contacted me uh he had found both sheds the one you're laying in the field right where i shine them really i was gonna make a story from him but uh i didn't get his contact info and he never got back to me and mm-hmm. i also uh the guy who uh there's a guy uh who found uh the antlers off the the bear bait buck the year I was going to kill him. Uh, he contacted oh. me recently. I have his contact info. I was going to do something with him, go over, film him, or maybe That'd we could cool. have a show on here. You That'd know, be really him. cool to get those antlers and just to talk about that buck again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm like you. I've, I found a whole bunch of really nice deer, but never really anything, you know, super, super giant. 
Uh, probably some that would be maybe close to 170, but not, I don't think so. Um, Josh, thanks for the donation, man. I appreciate it. Um, also, John Dollar, thank you as well, man. Hope things are going well down there in Mississippi for you. If you guys got questions, you can you can ask him. Um, we, got, we got all kinds of shed uh, questions. Does the weather affect when bucks shed? I feel like I have a lot of bucks holding antlers longer this season. Oh, uh, yeah. I think stress um, makes antlers drop. So in the wild, they have more more stress. Now I I, uh, I talked in depth with a couple of people that have deer farms. Yeah, who told me that their deer drop almost to the to the day every year. So they might have one that drops in January, one that drops in December, and another one that drops in March. And every year that deer, that particular deer, will drop almost to the day within 24 hours of when it dropped the year before. Um, which is uncanny because uh, the one guy I talked to had detailed notes he kept track of all that stuff yeah um but uh in the wild it's different an injury will make them uh drop earlier uh extreme cold and ice and stuff starvation will make them drop faster so like i can remember when we had a um a real bad ice storm in wisconsin in december everything was coated with ice and the deer couldn't eat anything i mean it was just a coating of ice and it stayed on the stuff for for days um, and as a matter of fact, it was really hard for him to walk. It was hard to walk anywhere. Everything was just coated with ice. And, uh, those deer all dropped their antlers in December. And then they had a, a doe season after that, you know, yeah. but we had very few deer that even had antlers left at the end of December that year. They will drop, um, if they're stressed. So yeah. obviously a mild year this year, you're going to have more that hold them longer. Yeah, but there will always be some that drop early, stress or not, you know, not. Mm -hmm. Yep, I I'm seeing the kind of the same thing here. They seem to be holding uh, most of the deer are still have both sides this right now um, around here. Uh, like Dan said earlier, thanks Elizabeth. Sounds like you're sleeping, but you'll see it tomorrow. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right, uh, Goomer twenty two. He asked. Um, Josh, what area of Kentucky have you hunted and why don't you like it? <laughs> um, I've hunted all over Kentucky now. Uh, why I, do you I, hate Kentucky? I don't, hate's <laughs> probably the wrong word. Um, I think, I think, so I used to go to Kentucky when I was young all the time because it was, it's, I live down here close. It's close to where I live, you know, um, and it's, it's affordable for me to go down there. So back when I was younger, I'd go there a lot and I just, I didn't do as well as I probably would if I would spend some time there now. And then I, uh, I always went in September because that's before our season would open, you know, and it's always like, I always end up getting like bit by a whole bunch of ticks and I'd have, you know, chiggers when I got home. Um, and it, it you know, you're the humidity levels down there are real high and it's hot. And, um, that's like why I, I've noticed that about you. You wouldn't, you wouldn't go to Ohio when it was hot either. And I was like, just go there <laughs> This is hot. <laughs> well, i I didn't have like a I didn't have a set time I had to be there. I thought I might as well wait until I'm until it's good, you know, until the weather's nice. Um, but no, I uh, I don't. I'll hunt in the hot if I if I, if I'm hunting, you know. Um, no, Kentucky's fine. It's it's a it's a good place to go. I uh, prefer Nebraska. <laughs> Early season like that. Um. 
but yeah, as far as where I've hunted at, I've hunted everywhere in Kentucky. I guess I haven't, I haven't, I haven't hunted like the South East side of it, but, um, pretty much everywhere else. Dan, have you ever been to Kentucky? Yes. As I have not hunted Kentucky, but I, uh, I did a scouting workshop in the land between the lakes there. Um, yep. one time interesting territory. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I, I've uh, never been to Land Between the Lakes, but I've done a lot of like map scouting it and thought about going here and there. It just seems like a real pro- popular area. There was a lot of pressure. That's what I yeah. saw. A lot of pressure. Um, yeah, and Kentucky's kind of getting that way, where there's getting to be a lot of pressure in Kentucky. I think um, a lot of the um, you see a, you saw a, you see a lot of like big. Uh, velvet bucks getting shot in Kentucky. And I think that's um, a lot of people are, you know, uh, going down there now. Yeah, looking for that. It's kind of the first Midwest. Well, you know, even yourself. I mean, look at yourself. You're sitting in uh, Indiana and you can't hunt. I mean, you might as well go down there when you got no hunting going on by you. Right. Before it starts. I mean, it's an attraction. You know, I, I, uh, I always thought Wisconsin was missing out. I mean, Wisconsin could, in an ideal situation, I mean, they want more deer killed. They could open like the uh, third week of August where you could shoot velvet bucks and just not open does because that's the whole reason they don't open early is because they don't want to kill does. Right. Have a buck only season to like the you know, second week of September. So three weeks of bucks only at the beginning. And then, you know, mid-December close does again because then there's, the bucks are shedding and you're killing bucks, you know? Yeah. Um, but then, then they could go all the way through January with bucks and, you know, as yeah. long as we're giving the guy the one tag, what well, you know, why not let them have that much time to hunt? Yeah. I think it'd be, yeah. it'd be a lot cooler. But, you know, um, a lot of these states limit you. I mean, some states, I mean, like, look at Michigan um, with that October 1st opener, then October 15th gun start. They got 15 days of bow hunting. Yeah. That's probably the main reason people don't shoot a lot of big bucks there with bows. When they have 15 mm-hmm. days. And then the gun season's the rut, you know, basically. Yeah. Wait, say that again? Oh, no way. I'm wrong. Sorry, November 15th. Yeah, they I think it's that. Yeah, they have a Scra- month and a half. That. <laughs> They're the same as us, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. You start out when the deer are already kind of uh, on, your, on your lull, kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not until about mid-October that they start moving good. Yeah. You know, um, we, you know, when, when we open up in, uh, like, uh, I think it's like the second Saturday or something of September when we open up those deer are really moving well. They're still in their summer pattern for about that first right. week and a half or so. And, and case in point, a lot of my very, very biggest bucks came from opening week, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, you start getting into that October and you start seeing, you know, um, very few big bucks moving very far in daylight. And it doesn't pick back up to like October 15th. So, I mean, you kind of miss that good window of hunting, but you can go to one of these other states and do that. And, and you did that in Nebraska last year. I mean, you went up there and capitalized on that early portion of hunting. Yeah. And I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, if your state's not open yet, go someplace where it is. Yeah. 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 I'll hunt Kentucky many times again. I just, uh, yeah, just need me, me in Kentucky needed a break. <laughs> do what? You know, um, going back to the theme of this whole show, do you do better on your out-of-state hunts than you do um, back at home? 
I think um, to, some to some degree, in some ways, I do better. I, I hunt better on, mm -hmm. on road trips. I mean, you definitely, you definitely don't have the distractions. I you know? show that, but I don't have the distractions from back home. Yeah, I don't have. I'm not worrying about what's going on at work, at home, with my kids, with my wife, or anything. I'm just hunting. Yeah, and not, just, the, yeah, distractions all, probably all the wrong world, is on my mind. Yeah. yeah, distractions are probably the wrong world word. It's like, but you just—that's what you're there for. You're just hunting, you know. Um, right. Well, but, it's distractions. I don't mean it in a bad way. It's just distracting right. you from right your goal. Right. You, you know what I'm right. saying? I'm not saying right. you shouldn't be doing. You're thinking about your wife. And your right. Kids. Stuff. I'm right. just saying that 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 stuff, you know, yeah. um, gets you yeah. going out late. If you don't get the scouting in because you're, you know, mm -hmm. what you got going on at home, what you got, you know. So that was yeah. my question. When you're on a road trip and, you're, and your your focus is on hunting, mm -hmm. to some degree, I think you. Yeah, it, it, it's probably true. I mean, yeah, that. Um, uh, yeah, I probably have more like confidence if like you had to tell me you know you had if i had if i could spend a uh a week straight here in indiana and i had to kill a buck i'd probably tell you i'd either do it here than you know going to you know illinois or someplace i've never you know spent much time in but, um, yeah, but yeah if you went if you're going into new areas by your house i think you'd do worse yeah maybe so but right. knowing the areas is what gets you on the bucks by home right right having done the homework yeah. the skeletons, and i guess that's the same with me yeah right all right. This is actually a pretty good question because a lot of people have never went out of state. How do you even start to plan an out of state hunt? I mean, if you're me and Josh, you go, where do you want to go? Massachusetts, New York? <laughs> you hear us start here and talk about it on the show. I don't know. Uh, Flip a coin. Let's go to Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go out there. I want to go to Idaho and, and hunt in the mountains. Um, yeah, I think. Um, you know, I think some people overthink it. It's not, it's not actually as hard and as intimidating as you would, uh, you would, um, maybe think in your mind when you're first going out of state, you know, um, you know, there's always some, you can look at, I mean, there's, you know, there's some obvious states that are better than others and this kind of, and, and this and that, you know, if you want to go to some place like Iowa, you need to start thinking about that, you know, five or six years from now. Um, same with, certain parts of Kansas, you got to wait a couple years to go hunt there too. So you got to start putting in points and, um, and that all, all that. Um, but yeah, just find you some good, what looks good on a map on public land and go. I think that's the biggest yeah. thing is, well, you know, on. you can just, uh, in a lot of cases, the, um, the DNR biologist that the, the state hires will help you. You yeah. can call them up and say, Hey, where is good lands where I could hunt? If I wanted to come to your state and hunt, where would you recommend? And those guys could be really helpful. And the times I have called them, I mean, some places are better than others. But I've had biologists actually tell me, oh, you know what you might like? We got this property over here that's opening up, in, you know, uh, this August. And not a lot of people know about it. And uh, But it's going to be open to public hunting this year. And nobody's hunted there before. It's been a park or something. And, you know, they'll tell you that info. They'll tell you where to go. They also, the biologists for the state will have stats on which properties have the oldest bucks. Yeah. Things like that. Now, the reason I said they don't all help you out, I know that like uh, in Michigan, when we went up there for the winter, they did those biologists up there would not help us with uh, where the uh, deer migrations are and stuff like that. Because uh, if they told everybody, I think, uh, or showed them the maps of where the exact trails right. are, it would probably be devastated to the herd. But in most places, 
that's not the situation and they want to help you. They want you to come out there. They want you to spend your money because they get paid by you coming there. Um, your, your money is what funds them. So they are very helpful. Um, so if you really plan on an area or a state or something, and you're thinking about it, um, first thing I would do is, uh, go to the DNR website for that state. Um, look up on there who the biologists are, uh, get the contact info, send them an e email, you know, um, and tell him you're interested in hunting the state and want to know, you know, if he has any recommendations where to go, you don't know what properties to start on or whatever. For yeah. me, I mean, I'll look at a, uh, the counties that are the top counties and stuff, and then I'll start looking at the public land properties there. I generally try to avoid the um, really big, well-known properties, and I try to look for the small ones that are nearby. <clears throat> um, I look for ones that are hard access. Um, a lot of cases where they don't have parking and stuff like that, it's not—it's kind of a hassle to get into them. Mm -hmm. Those are usually the better ones. Um, or the ones that are so gigantic that people just tend to um, have the human trait of going to deer, deer looking spots. And then you can find the little overlooked spots. So the real gigantic ones, but the medium sized ones that got, that are well known, those are hard properties. I mean, yeah. all your land borders will be hunted up against the crops and stuff like that. So kind of looking around at, um, the smaller ones, um, when you get to a, an area, you can have an idea where you want to go to, and it doesn't mean you necessarily have to hunt there. I mean, you could, I'll have a whole bunch of spots mapped out. I know you do this too, Josh. You find a whole bunch of properties in an area and you go there and you might have some ideas where you want to go, but you go drive around these spots. You look at the access, you, you know, you get a feel for them and you kind of look if they're really what you saw in the maps and stuff like that um, before you even yep. dive in. Right. Yep. Um, Goomer says, uh, go to the Daniel Boone National forest um tons of public there i've hunted there in kentucky um that would be pretty cool it's kind of mountainous terrain in there uh frank asked what's a signpost rub it's a it's a a tree that's been rubbed many many years um a lot of times you'll see where the tree's grown and you can see the rub the old rubs are growing up with the tree yeah i think um a lot of times it's a it's a rub that's in a position where trails cross so um major trails through time it's usually like two terrain features might meet and deer meet it from two different angles and they mark there to because uh, i think um a lot of those rubs are to send a message to other animals either to other bucks or to yeah. to, to does so um it's a marker mm -hmm. yep but like what I do find funny is I, I see most of those signpost rubs that are big, you'll see a tree stand right over the top of them. And it's like a lot of times those are nighttime. way out in the middle of terrain where there wouldn't be a deer in daylight, you know? Yeah. Yep. But what a, what a, a uh, you know, a, that kind of rub, you know, you'll see, you'll see little rub rubs on just random trees. Sometimes that's just, those are just rubs. Whereas a post sign rub is something that deer rub for uh, years, years and years, years and years, years, yeah. years yeah and that's yeah. the that's the one that most people put cameras over and yeah which is a lot of nighttime pictures in a lot of cases you know because occasionally just like a scrape or anything else you can find one that's in the right position and you get a lot of daylight stuff right richard thanks for the donation man he's starting to uh he's starting to compete with elizabeth <laughs> looking out awesome. for you i know it 
Anthony, I know you, you got a question about saddle hunting. We've kind of covered that a whole bunch. Uh, you can, if you look back onto the, the clips, you can, you can find that. Um, Tyler, I will be at the workshop this weekend on for Saturday and Sunday. I'll be there both days. Um, looking forward to seeing everybody there. I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of excited about that. These guys are lucky you weren't there last week. So yeah, I guess, I guess. <laughs> I'm probably just going to sit back and have a Coke and let you run it. Oh, geez. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Um, you guys carry your bow when in season scouting. <clears throat> it's a good idea to carry your bow. <laughs> mm -hmm. I usually don't, but it is a good idea. I mean, there's a lot of times when I could kill a deer and I don't have a bow with me, but, yeah. um, I'm a little different than Josh. I think when I was Josh's age, I wanted to kill him more. Um, now I want to kill him in a certain way. Yeah. I want to I kill mean, him no, more. Uh, yeah. I'll leave mine in the truck a lot of times. If uh, I have it with me, if it's in my hand and one comes running by, yeah, I'm shooting it. Yeah. I'm not, well, I'm not gonna lie to you. yeah. But um, that is not my goal and it's not something I really want to do. I want to, um, I want to sh shoot a buck on, uh, in a chess right. game, hunting them. Yeah, it would take a pretty yeah, big I, one to shoot it if it just came trotting up to me while right. I'm holding the bull. Right. Um. Yep. Let's see here. Here's an interesting thought. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, do you think unlimited number of cell cams should be allowed on public? I think it should limit that. I don't care what they do. Um, I don't think that there should be a limit. Personally, I don't see a need for it. At least not yet. Um, there are cameras all over the place. They're all over the woods. They don't really bother me. I don't think they're, uh, I don't think they're helping the people too much that are using them. I think they're helping a little bit if they're not very knowledgeable, but I think they're actually helping me in a way that I know where these people are hunting and I know where they're forcing the deer into. Every time I see those cell cams, I can write off some areas. Yeah. Um, just really those deer are still going to be there. They're just going to be forced into certain areas and, uh, I don't think they're really hurting that much. I think it's in people's heads. Yeah. Um, now I can change my mind if the, if it got, say, the number of cell cams out there was four times more than it is now. Right. You get I out of hand. I'd, I'd probably be starting to look that way. Yeah. yeah. They have. To, I think they'd have to get a little more affordable, you know, um, for that to yeah, happen. They're getting, they're, they're getting there though. Yeah, they are, but they're they're still dollar cell cams, you know. Yeah. There's still you got to pay for the the plans and all that stuff, you know. That adds up. If a guy's going, if some guy wants fifty of them, you know, you're going to have a pretty large bill at the end of the month. Yeah. Um, for for a typical public land hunter, you know, most guys that are hunting public, they're, I mean, um, you know, there's a reason they don't own a big farm and all that. But uh, thanks, man, for the two dollar donation. I'm not sure what your your real name is, but EBJS two thousand seven. Appreciate it, man. That's his real first uh, name. <laughs> Sounds like some Elon Musk must have named you or something. Um, Robert asked if I'm going traditional next season, and did Dan get his bow repaired? Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll shoot my, I'll shoot my, uh, my longbow next season uh, a little bit. I'll also hunt with uh, my compound too. Um, I did not repair my bow yet, um, but I will. Um, I just got to put a new rest on it. I got the rest. Um, I just been busy and I'm not hunting no more and I'm probably going to pick up a new, uh, prime bow this year anyways. So, yeah. um, 
and at that point i'll probably i'll probably put the rest on this bow and i'll probably do a giveaway or something and uh, i'll use yeah. a new one yep mm, i got my new one in the mail the other day you got to get on the mitch <laughs> um it should probably be nicer to me if i'd actually uh <laughs> get the bowl fixed and hunt with it and <laughs> watching it right now going damn right <laughs> all right dan here's a here's a pretty good question for you ethan hunter asks, uh, how do swamp bucks use the wind coming out of bedding they don't i think they uh come out and they go straight towards their food or their does or the water or whatever they're heading to with no regard to the wind when they leave bedding now, take that with a grain of salt. I think that they're a little more cautious if the wind's not in their favor. But when you look at a bedding area, the, the trails that come out of the bedding area, the heavy trails are the trails they come out in the evening. And when they go into the beds in the morning, they tend to slip to the downwind side, smell the beds, and then go in. And they're not really on as much of set trails, especially the mature bucks, at least yeah. from my observations. So it's harder to hunt them around bedding in the mornings. It's easy in the morning. I would be a little further back before they start spinning around downwind while they're still on the trails that are marked. But when they come out of the bedding, they tend to head down those marked trails, those heavy trails coming out of the bedding that leave the bedding. There you go, Ethan. Joey asked, What is a leeward ridge? The downwind side. Yep. So if the wind blows over the top of a ridge, the side the wind is blowing over the top is leeward. The side of the wind is blowing into is windward. Yep. So deer prefer the leeward side usually for bedding and for cruising during rut. All right. Um, are you having any other workshops after this weekend, Dan, someone asked. I don't know. I was going to, but uh, I was starting to look pretty difficult. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, here's a uh, someone asked, uh, Horn Hunter asked, Josh, would you like to see Indiana's gun season push later? Um, they actually sent a, they sent us a thing in the mail the other day. Uh, and the questions that they were asking kind of acted like they were going to do that. They had like, I mean, it was like 10 questions and it was all essentially about if uh, the reasons we think gun season should either be split up into um, two different seasons or shortened or moved back to um, the first week of December. Hmm. What do you so got it now? Like, it's like the middle of, it's like the second weekend of November. You get a weekend? No, we get three weekends. So you got three Straight. weeks or just three? Three, three weeks weekends. Straight. Yeah, straight. Okay. Yeah, it's so a bit pretty, long. Pretty, pretty long. Yeah. It's a bit long. Um, so we get we get uh, one week. Right. So that, that consists of two weekends. So it's Saturday through Sunday, the week of Thanksgiving. And I think that's plenty. You know, um, actually, the second half of the week, there's nobody hunting anyways. You know, after the first right. weekend, everybody's done, you know. So. Yep. Um, I think it, it would definitely help Indiana. I mean, but it is what it is. It's working. I mean, it's not like 
I don't hate hunting in the end. You guys are only allowed one buck anyways. I don't see where it's hurting anything, I guess. Yeah. Um, it just was, it was interesting. I thought, oh, maybe they're thinking about uh, tinkering with stuff, you know. I don't I know. Just, as, as a bull hunter, I'd hate to see me with three weeks. So we already get, we used to just have the one week, but now they've extended. They've got this doe season. they got a muzzle yeah. order. And they got a yeah extended doe season. They got a holiday hunt. They got all kinds of yeah. crap. Just uh, yeah, it's always like that second weekend of November into the that first weekend of whatever the whatever the three weekends after that is De- December. It goes out early in December. So you got um, uh, doe seasons and stuff too. We did, we did, but they took it away. So that's a good thing they took it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this year they didn't have it. Um. Steve, thanks for the donation, man. He does have a question. Uh, so for early season opener, I should do that scouting now and leave them alone until I dive in. That's right on the you well. As far as foot scouting, I would say yes. As far as yeah. uh, you can, you can still observe from a distance, though. You can still, uh, you know, uh, look for sign before the season to, to confirm they're in there without going in there. Um, but as you, if you're going to go look at the bedding, now is the time. If you're going to go look at the bedding and back out to a spot to set up, now is the time. Yeah. All right. I'm kind of scrolling through here, see if we have any real pressing questions that we can't live without. Um, because we've been on here over an hour and a half now. Uh, let's see. Jeez, Elizabeth, you stayed up for us. Um, let's see here. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, Elizabeth says she has a couple bows she would give for a giveaway, Dan. Wow. You don't have to do that. That's cool though. My wife used to shoot that Eva Shockey bow tech bow. Uh, Elizabeth is a good woman's good women's bow. Um, Let's see here. I think that's it, guys. Making sure we don't have any other donations. I need to get two questions, but I think we're good. I think we answered about all of them. Uh, everybody, thanks for getting on tonight. And um, we got a special guest Thursday night that I think everybody's going to like. So uh, get something to look forward to. Uh, everybody have a good night, and we will we'll see you Thursday night. Good night, everybody. Good night, Elizabeth.